Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, one, one. When I had come down this hill, I had seen this creature cross the road. It would have ripped my locked door from my truck, extracted me from my vehicle, and there wouldn't have been a damn thing I could have done about it. This thing, I got to notice in its eyes. Its eyes was real, real evil, real sinister look it was given Sasquatch Chronicles, a place where people share their encounters. Let's start the show. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks for being here tonight. Really appreciate it on a Sunday night. I hope you all are having a great weekend, and I'm glad you could be here tonight. Got an interesting show coming up. Before I actually get into uh, the show for tonight, I want to talk about something real quick with the audience. After Woody and I had our encounter, I desperately wanted to know what these things were. What is it that we saw? And I desperately wanted to know what is this thing? And you can hear it from other people who've had an encounter uh, with these things. It's such a shell shock. A lot of people will ask that question. That's the very first question they ask. What is it? What is it that I saw? And from all of the witnesses we've had on the show, police officers, people in, in different positions of power that have come forward, hunters, people driving and have one cross the road. The very first thing that comes up is, well, what was that? What is this thing? It was a question I, that was one of my, the question I desperately wanted answered. So I kind of would sit and listen to what everyone had to say. And I heard everything from, uh, these things are the Nephilim to spirit creatures to apes to friendly forest giants to these are a tribe of people. Everything that you could think of under the sun, I've heard. And begin, in the very beginning, I would ask people, well, why, why do you think that? Why, why do you believe that? Why do you think that about these things? And then they would give you their two cents on what they thought. And the more people I've had on the show and the witnesses I've, I've spoken with, you start to get a clear picture, really, of what this thing is. In my, and now this isn't my own opinion. It may not be your opinion, but this is my opinion. You get a clear picture of what this thing is. And their behavior is very animalistic. You see the screaming, the yelling, the different vocalizations that they do, the throwing of rocks, 
and it would appear that they uh, they're scat in the forest or they crap in the forest. So you get you start to get a real clear picture that you're dealing with a very a wild animal, but a very intelligent wild animal, a primate, non-human primate. So you get a clear picture of what you're looking at. This is a non-human primate out there running around, uh, a wild animal. And when you talk to the people who have been very up close and personal with these things, they, you know, it growls at them or it, it has some other animalistic quality or behavior that it does when people get really up close and personal with these things. So it is my opinion that we're dealing with a wild animal. Now, having said that, when I very first got into this, people would come forward and say, these are the Nephilim. And I would say, well, why do you think they're the Nephilim? Well, in the Bible, the Nephilim are described as giants that ruled the earth. When people see these things, they think giant. It's a giant they've come across. So they put two and two together and say, hey, this is what Sasquatch is. A lot of researchers behind the scenes and in private, they'll never say it publicly, but they will say they think these things are probably the Nephilim. And you ask them why, and they say the same thing. Well, they're, they're giant. They're giant uh, humanoid beings that run around the forest, uh, which is obviously what is talked about in ancient texts. So for a long time, I've been thinking about doing a show about the Nephilim. Not because I think Sasquatch is a Nephilim. Like I said before, I think it's a wild animal. But I think it's important to have that discussion. I still hear this today. I still hear it from researchers from people who are into this topic that will t won't say publicly but will say privately they think these things are the nephilim so for a long time i thought about doing a show like this i thought you know what it, why don't i do a show on the nephilim and what i want to do is prove that these things are not the nephilim so i thought about having a kind of a debate have one guy that believes that sasquatch is a wild animal someone besides myself and then have someone who thinks it's an Nephilim, have them go at it. And I thought, you know what, this isn't reality TV, and that doesn't sound very interesting. So what I decided to do, one or two shows on the Nephilim, and let you make up your mind on if that's what these creatures possibly could be. Let the audience make up their own mind. And I think by the end of this, you'll be weirded out. I can say that much. Uh, you'll be weirded out. And I want people to realize that this isn't, we're not doing a Bible study here. Uh, I've heard, had a lot of people say, well, I don't believe in God. And so I'm not going to listen to that show. And I've gotten those emails uh, since my blog post. I know you'll be listening. I know you'll be tuning in for it, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> I know you'll be listening. And I'm sure I'll get your feedback. But... One thing I want people to understand is, you know, this will be more than just a biblical discussion. Uh, and the gentleman that I'm going to have on the show is an author by the name of Gary Wayne. And this is coming up next week. He wrote a book, The Genesis 6 Conspiracy. And again, this isn't going to be a, a Bigfoot show. We're going to walk through what Nephilim are. So, that, so, it, so I'm hoping we can just take that off the table for people who believe that this thing is the Nephilim after they hear what Gary has to say. And what Gary has to say is very, 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 very fascinating because it's not only just about the Bible, but he goes into old Sumerian text. He talks a lot about writings outside of 
the Bible and talks about things that happened in the, in our past and things that are happening today. So for people out there who think this is going to be a Bible study, I want to leave you guys with a question. Something for you guys to think about. Have you ever wondered, looking at these old dynasties, you know, China had a dynasty, the Egyptians had a dynasty, Europe has a royal family, even up into our culture, but you ever stop and wonder, how did they become royalty? Did they just, did these dynasties just say, we're royalty, we're a royal family, therefore we're in charge, and everyone just kind of went, oh, okay, well, that makes sense, I'll just let you be in charge, and, um, you know, we'll we'll go with that. You ever stop and wonder where dynasties come from? You ever stop and wonder where royal families come from? What makes them royal? And I want to leave you guys with a news clip. This is something to think about for next week. I want you guys to think about this. And yes, this is, we're talking about Nephilim. We're talking about bloodlines. We're talking about weird things that are going on right now. These royal families, they all kind of seem to be related. This is a news report that was done. Uh, in the beginning, you'll hear uh, Lynn Cheney, Dick Cheney's wife, talking. And then the, the news reporter kind of gives you a, a real quick genealogy of uh, people that we have in power. In, in my book, there's a lot of genealogical research, you know, going back, Dick's family, my family, these heroic and amazing tales of people who went west. But one of the things I discovered is that Dick and Barack Obama are eighth cousins. What? Is that an amazing thing? Yes, if you go back eight generations, really? they have a common ancestor. Vice President Dick Cheney, the man who's only a heartbeat away from the presidency, is actually a blood relation. He's President Bush's ninth cousin once removed. Cheney's cousin Barack Obama is also Bush's 11th cousin. But we're only just getting started. President Lincoln was President Bush's seventh cousin five times removed. And Bush shared more than just a ballot with John Kerry. That's right. They're ninth cousins twice removed. There's also royalty in the Bush bloodline. Princess Diana was Bush's 11th cousin twice removed. And then there's this bombshell. Happy birthday, Mr. Sure, she may have been singing to JFK, but what about GWB? He is, after all, her ninth cousin three times removed. Weird, right? Just me or is that kind of odd? That seems a little bit more than coincidental. So look for that next week. I hope everyone tunes in. Uh, I think it'll be fun. We'll kind of step away from the Sasquatch thing for a moment, discuss what the Nephilim are. I think these two topics get confused and then muddies the water. Uh, so let's just separate it. Let's talk about one side of it and see if it fits what Sasquatch is or not. I want to welcome Leah to the show. Leah, thanks for coming coming on. I really do appreciate it. Oh, well, thanks for contacting me, and I'm honored. I love your show. It's my favorite thing. I don't have TV. I'm in the mountains, and I, I can get TV, but I just choose to listen to radio now. I love it, and I love your show the best. Uh, I appreciate that very, very much. Uh, no, I really do appreciate that. That means a lot. I wasn't expecting that. I, want, <laughs> I wanted to ask you... Uh, now, you sent me this encounter uh, that you had back in the 70s, and it was a very strange encounter. I know it happened out there in the Sam Houston uh, area. And if you would, go ahead and take us back to that day. Just kind of tell us what you were doing, and then walk us into the encounter. Kind of tell us what what was going on and what you saw. Okay, well, um, 
I was uh, engaged, and I was at my, my fiancé's uh, cabin, which was just a one-room, like, sugar shack that went over the water, a little lake. We were just hanging out, and there was a... It wasn't his alligator, but it was somebody's pet alligator they left there. So we would feed it, and, you know, I had my little toy poodle, and we were just hanging out, and nothing unusual about the day. But then when evening came, earlier that day, we had gone to Mickey D's, and he had thrown half of his hamburger into the back of the bed. Later that evening when it got dark, and it was really dark, there was no no moon out. It was very dark, not any light. And uh, he left his wallet in the dashboard of my truck. So uh, Don asked me to go down and get his wallet because he didn't have his shoes on. And normally I jump to help people and just go for it, you know. But all of a sudden... I got this really weird feeling, and that's not like me, because <laughs> uh, I grew up on a ranch, and we used to go out a lot in spotlight and hunt, and I, I, I was never really afraid of the dark or being outside, so um, I thought that was really strange, and we, he said, oh, come on, come on, I'll stand on the deck, you go down to the, car, the truck, which was, oh, not far at all, about 200 feet uh, from the deck, so I ran down. I walked down uh, to the truck. Don said he would stand on the deck and watch me go down uh, to the truck, which normally I wouldn't be afraid to do, but like I said, I had this really bad vibe. So he stood there. I went down a small set of steps, one flight, got to my truck, um, grabbed the handle to pull the door open, and the entire truck, was shaking like a 7.2 earthquake. And I was literally paralyzed, and I I was frozen. And But at the same time, out of the corner of my eye, I realized there was a giant black blob to the right of me in the bed of the truck that went, that filled up the entire truck and was higher than the cab, uh, way higher. And it seemed like a giant mass just hunched over and I couldn't see any features or anything because it was really dark, and I was screaming this blood-curdling scream that I never even knew that I could scream. And uh, my fiancé was on the deck, and he said he saw it, and we both witnessed it just literally fly from the back of the bed of the truck all the way about a 1,000 feet across the railroad tracks into the, that's where, like, the dewberries or the, the blueberries would grow, not blueberries, but um, the wild berries it was real thorny over there. So we were, like, he was in shock to hear the way I screamed, and I was too. And I said, I knew something was up, you know. And he said, oh, well, whatever it was, it was after whatever I had thrown in the back of the truck, my little bit of uh, hamburger left in a wrapping, because he didn't want to litter. So he threw it into the back of the bed, like a lot of Texans do, and then he forgot to take it out. And I said, well, do you think that was a bear? Um, and But we both agreed that there were no bears or hadn't been from, for years. Like, right, you said there, there were no bears in East Texas. Yeah, they really don't have bears in East Texas. And if you see, I, when I was out there, 
uh, I had asked the guys if, if there was bears in the area and they said, no, there hasn't been bears there for 50, 60 years. And even then what they have there is, or what they used to have there before they all got hunted out of the area was black bear. And the black bear down there are actually pretty small. Uh, so I don't, I mean, I hate to throw everything and say you saw a Sasquatch, but I, I just don't think it was a bear. I think you guys. Well, I grew up there too. You know, my, my big sister lives in Lufkin. Um, she's got three kids. I spent every summer, every weekend there. Uh, I grew up in Houston. I was a rodeo cowgirl. I was out in the forest. I was in the country. I never, ever saw a bear in Texas. Not one. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's some somewhere in Texas, but I've been everywhere in Texas, and I've never seen a bear. So, but yeah. anyway, we went to look for the footprints the next day, and I was sure that we weren't going to see any because I had seen how far it flew like a bird. And, um, but anyway, we went and looked for uh, footprints and the ground was kind of hard, but there were none anywhere. We looked everywhere for about an hour and we couldn't find any footprints. Um, but last night I was curious, really curious to see if that little shack was still there. It was really cute. So I Google earthed it. And I found it. And, you know, I saw the railroad tracks. And it visually, from Google Earth, the driveway looks lo- nor- longer than it really is. But um, because when I looked at it, I was like, that's like the driveway, the street, and then the railroad tracks. That's a long way. Um, but I never heard the creature or whatever it was hit the ground. I never made a sound other than shaking the entire truck. I mean, the entire truck. And I don't think a bear can even shake a truck like that. I mean, that's why I was completely paralyzed because my hands off the, uh, you know, the handle, the door handle, and I'm frozen. I cannot move. The entire truck is shaking in my hand, and I can't even believe this. It was really terrifying. Yeah, um, no, I can imagine, especially stepping out. You know, it's that weird sense you get when another predator is around. And it's not just Bigfoot. I know a lot of people, when you were saying, hey, I was first stepping off the deck and I could sense something wasn't right. Uh, I remember one time Woody and I were actually out hunting. And I remember getting a sense like something wasn't right, like we were being followed, um, yeah, we were being watched. Yeah, we're built in with that uh, survival instinct. It's built into us. Yeah, no, um, it's built into us. It's definitely built into us. I know in that situation, a cougar was stalking us. You know, I just had that sense like something wasn't right. Something was almost like a pre- another predator was in the area. And I think you got that sense pretty easily. I wanted to ask you, when you went back to look at the truck, did you see if there was any damage from it climbing up into the truck? We did, and there wasn't any. See, that's the other thing. I think if a black bear would have gotten in the back of that truck after they that. They usually food, leave big, muddy, or dirty splotches. I probably would have scratched the side of your truck with its back or, legs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I didn't even hear claws. It was hunched over. Whatever it was was a giant black blob, kind of like a figure of a giant hunched over. But I saw it fly, and it was stealth. And if your first impression was it was a bear... Uh, bears are actually pretty fast, faster than most people think. But I think getting out of the back of that truck, I think it would have been a little bit clumsy getting out of the back of that truck and taking off. When it ran, was it on all fours? You know what? It flew. It was in the air. 
when I finally came out of like paralyzed, a paralyzed state, the truck stopped sh shaking. I was watching the whole time out of the right side of my eye, but at the same time I was semi-paralyzed. Out, out of my right eye, I, I was so afraid to look at it. I, I was really afraid to look at whatever it was that, you know, just, uh, but anyway, out of the right side of my eye, I saw it jump, then I slowly turned my head, and I never saw it hit the ground. It flew like a black streak. And oh. uh, I know it didn't hit the ground on the street, because I had a full view of the street. Uh, it's an old dirt, uh, well, it's an old uh, gravel road, and then on the other side of that is the railroad tracks. It went on the other side, because I would have, I was looking at that point, like, to see if it was, like, a bear or a dog. But I know I wasn't a dog because the way it flew and the way it was filling up the truck with a black mass. And I I, I reported it to the BFRO um, years ago, you know, just to make a note of it. And um, then when I heard your show and I heard about how many encounters there were, in East Texas and right around there because this was about not even a mile from the Sam Houston State Forest. It was a private property outside of Huntsville in between Huntsville and Lake uh, Livingston. I was kind of glad. I ended up moving soon after that. Now I'm a semi-retired fashion designer and I, I dog sled with four dogs four male husky mixes, and um, we're out in the forest every day, and we go pretty much about 10, 15, 20 miles. When I first moved into this cabin, I saw my first footprint. I think it was a Bigfoot, but it was small but real wide, and the toes just didn't look like a bear to me. There were, so, was that the three-toed track you were telling me about? Did I send you the picture? I sent you the picture. I think you were just telling me about it. It was a three-toed track. Well, I saw one of those, too. At one of the, the tracks, there were about four. One of the tracks, and they all looked the same, and uh, except for one that had three toes. And maybe they missed putting their toes down, but this looked like it was a different style of a foot. And at first I thought, this has got to, maybe it slipped or, you know, didn't put its foot all the way down and, uh, you know, just lightly put it, whatever. But I had my doubts because it was small, like lengthwise, but widthwise, like the size of a grizzly bear footprint, double my hand. And we don't have those. We just have black bears here. And then I actually photographed some black bear prints right after a bear was out in front of my house. And uh, those tracks don't match that at all. And for the audience listening, you're actually in California now. You're not in East Texas anymore. So if there's a confusion where you're finding. Yeah, I moved here in 1984. I moved to LA. I wanted to ask you, Leah, when, so going back to the encounter real quick with your boyfriend at the time was now, did he see the thing jump out of the truck? He saw the black streak fly across. And what was his impression when he saw it? I'm barely remembering this, but I think he said, I think that was Bigfoot. And I didn't, at the time, really know anything about Bigfoot. I had not even heard of that movie, Boggy Creek. 
Right. Because it was kind of a B underground movie, right? It it didn't really, it wasn't that popular. And I'm into science fiction, but I, I just don't remember, you know, going to that movie or hearing that much of, or anything about that movie, really. And I don't remember when I did hear about that movie, but I didn't even care after that. I just forgot it. Yeah. And then when I moved here and I saw a footprint, I was like, maybe I did see a big man and heard your show about, like, the Jurassic Park situation in yeah. East Texas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and I was, like, thinking, this is, i got to call Wes because, you know, that was a sighting that I had in 1978 or 9, and... And it was, it was like, I would call it a class A encounter because it was so close to me. And I didn't look at its face, though, because I was just so scared and paralyzed. But I could see on the right side. Do you know what I'm saying? When you're looking straight ahead? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. You, if, but if you're not looking to the right, right at the face or whatever it is, and I didn't even see a face. I just saw a blob. I probably could have seen a face but if I had seen some kind of light skin. Or something like that, but it was a just a big humped over blob. How far is it from where you had your truck to the train tracks? Oh, I would say a thousand feet. And how fast do you think it covered that ground? Like a like a bird, like lightning, stealth. Yeah, and that's what made me think. You know, when my boyfriend said maybe it was a big butt, kind of jokingly, I thought. There's no way it flew like a bird. But see, I didn't ever hear about all these people's experiences about how fast they move until I listened to your show. Yeah, they're a lot faster than I think most people realize. And like I said, I think if it was a bear, it would have been a clumsy um, move. Yeah. move out of the truck. I mean, they can move like, believe me, black bear can move like lightning. But I, I don't think it would have gotten out of the truck the same way. I think it would have been kind of a clumsy way to get out of the truck, especially if you get that close to a black bear that's ballsy enough to come in like that. Uh, generally, you're going to have some troubles if you walk up that close to them. Uh, and we would have seen tracks. And you probably would have seen tracks, yeah. Uh, and I knew there were going to be no tracks because I told him, I go, that thing flew across the railroad tracks. And he was like, whoa, I don't know what to say. And he goes, you know, I've never heard anybody scream like that before. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't blame you. I, it would have, it would have shook me up. Uh, I never knew I could scream like that. You know, it was one of those moments <laughs> I'll never forget. Yeah, where it's just that that fear inside your stomach. You know, it was a short moment. You know, I don't have a whole long story. You know, it was a short moment. The whole thing happened in like maybe um, um two minutes. Yeah, from beginning to end. Yeah, from the time that I left the door. I remember every step, too, because it scared me so bad. I remember the screen door. I remember where I positioned him to stay, to stand, to look at me. I remember the odd fear I had. I remember going down each step, which was about six steps to the ground. Then the truck was parked right there. You know, the ground wasn't moving, but the truck was just like, like there was an elephant in it or yeah. a horse. I like your 7.2 earthquake, that pretty much... Yeah, yeah, like a 7.2 earthquake <laughs> that only that could do to a car if it shook it. You'll have to send me pictures of those tracks that you have out there in California where you're at. I'd like to see them. I'd really like to uh, take a look at them. 
yeah, it was when I first moved in. Um, so I think whatever it was was curious, and uh, it also came through the fire cutout. And I've heard you say that you know they travel those burnouts like the cutouts. Right. Yeah. A lot of and, times that's perfect for uh, prey or game if you want is to go into those areas. Uh, yeah, they just follow the little trail down, and oh yeah, and then uh, about in about three months after I saw the tracks, I actually started hearing the screaming, and so did all my neighbors. I have two people that I would like to call you. I don't know if they will, but um, one guy had an experience uh, in a town a little lower from here, and then another guy had an experience at the pack station, you know, out on the trail with the mule trains and stuff. Yeah. Um, And I was telling him, I said, oh, you guys should call in because, you know, it's close to me. It verifies more what I have experienced here. You know, I have experienced growling that I couldn't see but the dogs saw. And this growling was like a rumble of a jet overhead, but there was no jet. Before I I had my gun on me, because I carry my gun, and because I'm out there, you know, in the wilderness. Before I could put the sled hook down, and I had my camera out, boy, I was ready. You know, I was getting brave. I was going to get the gun. I had gotten the camera out. I had it on record. I was trying to get the gun out. I was trying to put the snow hook in. But before I could even put the snow hook in to manage everything, my lead dog just turned around the whole team to go back home. And she never turns around at that spot. That's where we go downhill really fast. And I kept asking around, do do bears growl like that? You know, or do not I've never heard a bear growl. Yeah, bears have a deep growl. So do, uh, actually, a lot of animals do. But they don't have the the rumbling like a jet fighter type growl that these things have. I mean, you won't hear anyone describe well. The bear growled like a a rumbling jet And my dogs aren't afraid of bears because they scare the bears, you know, away. And they get faster and faster if they see a bear, you know, but they stay on the road. They're really well trained. Um, But this time, they all three just instinctively didn't want anything to do with whatever it was that was up on the left side of the downhill where I go downhill really fast, and I film it, too, every time. So I had my camera out because it was the perfect conditions, and it had just snowed, and I was all excited to film this fast speed thing down the hill. <laughs> and, uh, oh, and then when we turned around, my back wheel dog, Blue, he kept looking behind us, and I was like, oh, God, we're not supposed to run, not even from if it is a bear. We're not even, we're not supposed to run, right? But we're running. <laughs> and he keeps looking back like there's something behind us. And I just couldn't look back because I would have fallen off, you know? Yeah. I had to concentrate on keeping moving forward. And I guess if I had fallen off, I would have tackled whatever it was at that moment, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <no kidding. laughs> but I didn't go out after that for two weeks. Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Well, be careful when you're out there, especially if you go out alone, even though you have your dogs and you're armed. Be careful if you go out there alone. I mean, besides Sasquatch, a lot of other things can get you out in that forest. So be careful while you're out there. I know you will be, but I feel like I have to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Now it feels like my backyard. And I don't go uh, the far long distances without people that come with me. I have a little group up here and we we dog sled together and, and dry land. 
right now I run the three dogs on a, a fat bike, mountain bike. So they pull me, and it's great. So <laughs> I get in and out fast. <laughs> yeah. Well, definitely, if you get a chance, have those send my number over to those people that have had encounters uh, where you're okay, at. Okay, I'll, I'll try to get them to, um, to call in. It might be kind of hard, but I'll try. I would really like to because they have some really good ones, really good stories. No, yours was good, too. Yours was good, too, Leah, and I really appreciate you sharing it. Uh, on the show, and I appreciate you being on. Sure, thank you for contacting me. I, it was a pleasure. I'm glad I could throw in my pit, bit, little bit. <laughs> Leah, again, thank you for being on. I really appreciate it. You know, one of the encounters I'm working on, I was talking, I spoke with him this morning, and we talked yesterday, was from a truck driver. And this truck driver had pulled over, as he does with many stops. A lot of times he's out kind of in the middle of nowhere, at a lot of these truck stops or uh, resting areas he'll pull into and he'll pull over and he always carries binoculars with him. Now this happened prior to him really believing Bigfoot or Sasquatch exists. He had pulled over after a long ride and pulled his binoculars out and started scanning across the mountainside. And he caught sight of this thing a little distance away from him walking. It immediately drew his attention. So he has his binoculars up, and he's checking this thing out, uh, and it appears to be all the same color. There's no clothing that appear to be on this thing. Uh, he said it walked funny. It walked kind of bent knee the whole time it walked. Uh, there was no up and down when it walked. It was real smooth. And he said as he was sitting there watching it, the creature had kind of turned to look at him, almost like it felt like it was being watched, and turned to look at him. And it bothered him. And he said that, you know, the creature just went up and, and left left the area. But he had turned back to look at him. From that day forward, that really brought him into this topic. He was just enthralled by this topic. You know, what was that thing? So I'm working on bringing him on the show. He should be uh, on a near upcoming show. But if you've had an encounter out there and you'd like to be on the show, email me, wes at sasquatchchronicles.com along with your contact information. My next guest is Cindy, and Cindy's from Alabama. Cindy, welcome to the show. I really appreciate you being here tonight. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. And you had your encounter, was it a couple years back, or was it several years ago? Yeah, it was several years ago. It was back in, like, um, 03, probably in the spring. I don't remember the exact month, but um, the spring, because it was warm weather. Um, hunting season was over, I know that. But, um, but yeah, back in '03. Well, tell us what you were doing during the encounter and, and basically just walk us into what happened with your encounter. Tell us what you saw, kind of what you're feeling at the time, and just kind of walk us into right up into the encounter. Okay. Well, back then, I worked where I worked. I worked for a gun store, and my boss owned like around 400 acres of hunting land. And he would let me go, and he also had a spot pond on it, so he would let me go fishing there, which we did often on the weekends. This particular weekend, it was a Saturday morning, I do, I mean, a Saturday afternoon, I remember that. My husband and my daughter, who was 10 at the time, we'd went fishing, and we'd been fishing all afternoon. So we were leaving in this county that we were in, in Alabama. Uh, not, it, it doesn't have a lot of things in it. It's mainly honey land. So, you know, very wooded area. 
And we were leaving. My daughter was asleep in the back, back seat. We pulled out of the driveway, and we had just started down the Springsteen Road. I was going real fast, probably around 40 miles an hour, I guess. So, so we're in a, let me back up. Back then, I had a Mitsubishi, an um, SUV Mitsubishi. So it's a smaller SUV. So we had just pulled out on this county road, just started to, you know, take off, get nothing out of speed. And my husband's driving, I'm on the passenger side. And over on my side, we see this huge, big animal coming running at us. But we weren't going real fast, so we had to slam on brakes. But we stopped because it ran right out in front of us. And it was on four feet. It was huge. It was as tall. It's not taller because I told people if it was taller than my SUV, but you know, I went right up on it. So it was probably, but I do know it was at least as tall as the hood. It was as long as the hood. It was mammoth. I mean, to me, it was just so incredibly big. And it was fast. I mean, it was just really, really fast. Now, my husband and I, we didn't see. The face, we have talked about it many times, and we said the reason we didn't is because there was nothing there. I mean, there was no snout. We didn't see any ears. So the face, the face must have been flat when it ran by, because I remember seeing the butt. It was flat. It did not have a tail. No tail. It was a flat butt. And it had hair. And I still remember the hair. It's so funny because you know your, your mind can take a picture of something. That's what I took a picture of, is the hair. And probably the only thing I can figure why, you know, I'm going, why don't I take a picture of that hair in my mind? Why can't I remember that so well? I grew up on a farm, you know. We put pigs and cows in the freezer every year. I mean, it was a typical farm. This animal, I'm seeing an animal, it has hair. It doesn't have fur like animals have. And I remember thinking... And I was sitter because on the back end of the animal, the butt was flat, but like right up under its butt and its legs, there was hair flowing, like like an Irish sitter. That's the only way I can explain it. It wasn't like hair flowing like a, a model or anything, but like an Irish sitter. And it ran in front of us, and on the other side of the road was like a six-foot embankment, and it could have been bigger, but at least six foot. And then, of course, trees, just nothing but legs. This thing, I swear to God, it looked like it just flew over it. One leap, to me, I felt like it stood up and took one step up and it was over it. My husband says it just went over it. But it was like that, that cliff wasn't, well, that embankment wasn't even there. It was up in one leap over that, over that embankment was gone. We, of course, we stopped. We had the window down and we were listening to it go through the woods and it was like it was tearing the woods down. You could hear trees breaking. Um, you could, I mean, everything. It was so incredibly loud. And we listened to it for a couple of minutes, at least. And it ran in front of us. Another thing that I remember, it's like if you half it, like from the front end to the back end, if you half it, like the back end of it was a, was a little bit like slightly higher than the front end. Like the front end was just lower than the back end. Right, like it had its butt in the air? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, I get it set in the air. And he ran across, and he just cleared that embankment and was gone. And we listened to this thing 
But when it rained in front of us, when it, when it first came at us, it rained in front of us, me and my husband, <laughs> we were, I mean, when you first see something like this, because it was just mammoth, we were like, oh, my God, what is that? I don't know. What is it? Did you see that? Did you see that? What the hell is that? I don't know. I don't know what that is. I mean, we were both just back and forth screaming at each other like, but what's that? Did you see that? And I remember, I remember somebody said, was that a bear? I think I said it, and my husband went, no, that was no bear. And it wasn't because, you know how bear has the brown, like the tan and the black face? This had no, it was not two colors. It was one color. It was a dark color, like a dark brown. Not not jet black, but it's a dark brown. And there was nothing in the, I mean, the face, we just don't remember the face, but there was nothing to remember is why. Nothing stuck out at us. And there's no tail thing. And I remember saying, was that a big foot? And my husband went, no, that wasn't a big foot. You know, and. And I was thinking it wasn't either because it was on all fours. Because I thought, hey, Patty walks on two feet. They all walk on two feet. So I go to work. I tell everybody that has ears. I told my family, my friends, everybody at work, anybody who would listen to me. As you can imagine, I got made fun of. Like, out of, oh, my God, I got made fun of so bad. But I didn't care because I knew what I saw. I mean, I didn't care. Well, these people convinced me, these men who hunt, they don't hunt, it convinced me that Bigfoot walked on two feet, but they don't walk on all four, so it couldn't have been a Bigfoot, that it was a Russian boar. We really don't have Russian boar in here, however they are in Tennessee, so I'm thinking in my mind, well, yeah, I guess one could have come down here. And I just thought that, well, it wasn't a Bigfoot. But all these years, I always knew I saw a Bigfoot. And then last summer, back up this time, last summer I started listening to your show, and I heard Jimbo. And he was talking about the two ladies that he worked with in the same county. They had seen them standing up on the front door, and they went to work, and they were distraught, and he pulled them in his office, and they confessed to him what they saw. And he goes back, and he checks it out. That area that those ladies saw their big sitting counter is on a road parallel to the road that I saw my encounter on. They're basically parallel. They're at the same spot. And between the two roads are heavily wooded area. And I'm on the map looking, it looks to be about two or three miles wide. So we saw our encounters, even though it was different years, in the same area. But your show changed my life because it convinced me and made me realize we do walk on all fours. That was the Bigfoot that I saw. It really was. I appreciate that. Yeah. You I... were wonderful. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, you know, like I've always said, the, the show isn't a, the show is the people who come forward that make the show, you know, it's not me or anything that I'm doing. It's, it's the people who are willing to come forward like yourself, you know, and, and I think a lot of times when people see Sasquatch, they see it uh, more often than not than on all fours. A lot of times they'll see them on all fours. Um, I had another lady I spoke to uh, one time and she was driving in her car and the, and it was a smaller car. And this thing on all fours was almost to the roof of her little car she was in. And it was running, running right along with her. And she's like, Hey, we have black bear out here, but we don't have black bear that big. They don't, they just don't get that big. And the other thing she noticed too, she said to me, which I thought was interesting with your encounter. She said it kind of ran with its butt in the air. She goes, it was real weird. Kind of like it shows. I don't know if you've ever seen, um, she goes, imagine a chimp on steroids, 
But she goes, it was just, it was real weird the way it ran. And she goes, it had hair. And I think even she had mentioned the Irish setter. I've heard that a few times with the hair. Under the butt and on the legs. Like, where the butt, where the butt ends and on the legs, it was like flowing hair. And I would say anywhere from 6 to 12 inches long, it was long enough that you could see and tell what it was. And there was another person that stopped. Um, when we saw our encounter, there was a red truck. I remember the red truck. It was, was further on down the road. It was coming towards us, but it was further down the road from where we were. But it, too, had seen it because when it got up to us, because we were already stopped the window down, it, too, stopped. And he, the gentleman driving the truck, was looking in the woods as well. So he, too, had seen it cross the road. We didn't speak to him at that time, and I have regretted that ever since. I wish we would have. But when, when you're in shock like that, you, you don't think. You, know, you just don't think about things. Don't think about, well, let me see what he saw, you know. We just, we just didn't. And with my encounter being, and, and it was only a few seconds, you know, that we saw him because it was fast. But now I get it. People, and it makes me so mad when, when I hear critics say, oh, well, why don't you take a picture of it? You don't think about grabbing a camera taking a picture of it. And even if you do think about it, by the time you pick it up off your seat, you turn it on, the thing is gone. But um Yeah, until you're in that situation, I, I think that, you know, that's kind of a silly thing for someone to say, especially with your counter. I mean, gotta happen so quick. What I think is interesting is is a lot of your descriptions. I mean you guys couldn't see the face. Was this at night when you guys were driving? No, it was um it was still daylight, but it was probably it was late in the evening, so I'm thinking Anywhere between five and six ish, maybe five and six thirty ish, somewhere in that time area. Because when we would go fishing, my uh, my boss had a, a stock pond with bass, and of course when we would fish, I would catch one. I don't fish if I don't catch anything because there's no fish in the river. But I was catching fish, so we would stay. So we would always stay. You know, we'd go around twelve, and we'd leave around five to six. So it had to be late in the evening like that. But it was still daylight. I mean, it was it was very very daylight. And that's like the see. Yeah. The other thing, but, too, I think, you know, you grew up on a farm oh, out yeah. there in Alabama. I mean, you know, you would have known if it was a bear and it would have been more or less. Uh, what's interesting is your guys' behavior, too. After you saw it, you immediately, what was that? And you guys stop and look. And even the guy in the other lane stopped and got out of his car yeah. to look. Uh, generally, don't do that for a bear. I mean, if you see a bear, it's like, ah, oh, well, it's a bear. You know, you got bigger things going on or and like you said, you would have seen the ears. You would have, I mean, you would just have known if it was a bear. Oh, I would have. And I would have, I mean, we have, uh, we have a zoo in Montgomery. We do have a black bear at our Montgomery Zoo. This animal that my husband and I saw, I promise I'm not exaggerating. Maybe, I mean, I promise you, it was twice the size of the black bear that we have in our Montgomery Zoo. It was no bear. It would have, it would have, it would have been bigger than a grizzly bear. This was not a bear. And it wasn't a hog. I know what hog fur looks like. This did not have hog fur on it. It had hair. And the hair closer to its body was darker than the hair, like the ends of the hair that were flowing in the wind. Those hairs were lighter. I mean, they were still, you know, they were still brown, but they were lighter than the hair close to the body. And I, my mind just took a picture of that hair. And just that hair freaked me out. I'd just never seen an animal with hair on it. It had no tail, no tail whatsoever. It had a butt. Because that's the part I saw the most of. Because when it, when we looked over, it was just coming right at us, like right at my side. 
and it ran right in front of us. So I really concentrated. By the time, you know, your mind goes, hey, there's an animal running in front of you. My mind, I'm concentrating on, you know, seeing it in front of me and then seeing it crawl. So I saw the butt part the most. And it didn't have a tail. It was a flat butt, and it had hair running down that butt. Now, I mean, you know, where the butt ends and the legs start, the hair was flowing. How far do you think it was from where you guys were at to where it crossed in front of your car? What kind of a distance do you think that was? 20 feet. It's that. I mean, maybe anywhere from 10 to 20 feet in front of me. Like I said, we didn't have to slam on brakes because we weren't going fast, but we did have to stop. But yeah, it wasn't very far in front of us. I mean, it was very, it was close enough that I could see the hair. And I could tell how tall it was. It was as tall as our hood. It was as long as our hood, if not longer. I mean, I felt like it was as long as the whole entire street here, but it, of course it wasn't. But it was as, at least as long as the hood of our car. How many seconds went by before it cleared the six-foot embankment and then disappeared off into the forest? One. I'm telling you, it, to me, and me and my husband talked about this, I said, to me, when it, when it hit that embankment, what I remember is it stood up. Like it stood up like a man. And it was as tall. It was taller than that embankment. I promise you it was. Because the head was over the embankment. I mean, I just, this is things that my mind remembers, and I don't know why. I don't remember the face, but I remember these details. It was taller than the embankment, but when it hit that embankment, one leap, one leap, it was gone. It was like it stood up, took a step up, it was gone. It, it was like that embankment wasn't even there. That embankment didn't slow it down one bit. I mean, this thing, it was huge. It was just the biggest animal I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, and out there in Alabama, there's not too many that uh, match that description. You know, if you're in Alaska, I'd say, well, it might have been a grizzly bear. Uh, but down there in Alabama, you know, it's it's along with your description with the hair and everything else, that's what's frustrating about encounters like this. I would imagine you've thought about this is it happens so fast that it it's did. just like, what the heck was that thing? Uh, but then we did. When the whole time we were screaming, like, what was that? Did you see that? Did you see it? I'm like, yeah, I saw it. I saw it. What was it? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we were both just freaking out. Like we freaked out big time. It happened. I mean, I'm thinking three seconds, three to four seconds is always thought and it was gone. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I think that, what was it running from? What was it running to? Why was it running so fast? You know, I, I didn't see a deer, but a deer could have passed in front of us and we just didn't notice it before. Maybe it was chasing a deer. I don't know. I, I've often wondered what was making it run so fast. Yeah, the the other thing, too, it didn't even bother to stop and check you guys out. It just kept going. No. Yes. It never even looked at us. It just kept on going. Like, we wasn't even there. It wouldn't have even cared if we was there. It probably would have just run out of our truck if we would have been a few seconds faster. Well, that's a fascinating encounter, Cindy. I really appreciate you sharing it. You know, I think... Oh, well, thank you for letting me. I appreciate it. Your encounter, to be honest with you, is I think what most people experience. They're driving in their car and they see something either on four legs or on two legs, and it just leaves them puzzled. You know, most people don't... Uh, unless you're out there hunting in the woods, but I mean, most, most encounters happen with these roadside crossings. And like you said, it could have been going after a deer that, you know, as you guys were coming up, you didn't see cross a road. I just right. think it's interesting. It didn't even bother, uh, to stop and worry that you guys were there or even bother with you Not guys. It just kept going. 
And then when it hit the woods, like I said, we stopped and rolled the window down to listen. It kept running. And it hit the woods. It continued to run. It didn't stop because we heard it was so loud. We heard the, the tree breaking and limbs breaking. And you could hear it like, you know, like you could hear it running. You just heard a lot of commotion going on in the woods. We, of course, we couldn't see it because it was, you know, we're, after it jumped the embankment, it was higher than us. And we couldn't see it, but you could hear it. So it kept on running. It was running after something or from something, but it never stopped. Kind of like we didn't hear it anymore. Kind of like a Mack truck driving through the uh, <laughs> driving Where through the it was. It yeah. was. It really was. Yeah. It was so loud. Well, thank you, Cindy. I appreciate you being on. Well, thank you. I think I appreciate you, and, and um, you're doing a great show. Please don't stop. You are wonderful. You are educating people. You are helping people realize that what they saw, like me, you made me realize I really did see this, but it, I'm not crazy. These people, they're the ones that were wrong, not me. I know what I saw, and because of your show, you've opened my eyes, and I thank you for that. Oh, I appreciate that. They're definitely out there in uh, Alabama, and I, I appreciate the kind words very much. I think as you and I talked the other day, you know, I really do appreciate it. It means a lot to me. And, uh, but the show is nothing without, uh, people coming forward like yourself. So thank you for coming on. Well, you are so welcome. And, um, I appreciate you giving us a place to tell because you're the first person, not the first person, but you're the first, you know, like company or per se that I thought, I mean, I didn't call the police. There was nobody to tell back then, you know, except my friends and family, but there's not an organization to tell. So you have given people that now. So I'm I, so happy for that. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Cindy, I want to thank you for being on the show tonight. I really appreciate it. If you get a chance, check out SasquatchChronicles.com. Uh, we'll have, be having shows throughout the week next week. If you get a chance, please check, check out the website. If you've had an encounter, please email me, Wes at SasquatchChronicles.com. Until then, everyone, thanks for being here tonight. And I will see you guys next time. Have a great weekend.